The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take their businesses to the next level. Join us as we chat with green industry leaders to discover best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the show. I am Paul Jamison. Got a couple good stories for you today. And I want to share three warnings about commercial work and lawn care and landscaping. I know here in the Atlanta market, millions of dollars is spent on lawn maintenance as well as the various landscaping jobs on commercial job sites. And so by no means am I anti-commercial work. But for those who are considering it, I'm going to share three warnings today that uh, will hopefully register in your brain so you don't have to repeat the mistakes that I made. <laughs> I'm going to share two stories that uh, kind of was a wake-up call for me in uh, realizing that there is definitely some contrast between residential work, uh, which I favor, uh, versus commercial work, which I'm very leery of because it just isn't the setup for my strategy, my blueprint. So we'll get into all that here in a minute. I'm going to break it down and uh, please listen to the whole thing because I know this is very controversial topic and I've seen the the different debates and people's different opinions. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to actually share with you two real life experiences that I actually had doing commercial work and how that has kind of influenced my opinion of commercial work and then just share the three warnings because for some people it might be the right business move to do commercial work, but I want you to hear me out and really take into consideration the pitfalls and the warnings of that line of work so that uh, you don't make the mistakes that I made. So that's the game plan for today. As always, guys, thanks to today's show sponsors and we always encourage you to support our sponsors. Mr. Producer and I are so grateful for the companies that partner with us and uh, for all of our sponsors, we encourage you to you know show them love, buy their products, make sure you you express to them that uh, you appreciate them supporting the Green Industry Podcast as we're uh, fighting with our friends, Brian Fortin, Julio Tomei, many others to help elevate this industry. And uh, we appreciate the brands that partner with us, help us to do that. So thanks to today's show sponsor, Echo and uh, the Hardscape Academy and Ratmate. We'll hear more from them here in a few minutes. All right. So let me tell the disastrous first encounter I had with commercial work. I uh, started my business in the neighborhood I lived in and then eventually expanded into a couple really nice country clubs. So I was only familiar with residential work and the owner of a Carabas restaurant, the way Carabas is set up is there's like an individual proprietor owner of each restaurant. And then the kind of the totality, I guess, is owned by outdoor, outdoor. <laughs> you can tell I've been in the green industry for a while, Marty. 
the Outback Steakhouse, OSI. So a lot of people don't even know that, but Outback Steakhouse owns Carrabba's. So long story short, Carrabba's has opened up a brand new restaurant in Atlanta and the the proprietor of that specific restaurant reaches out to me and, and he knew I was doing landscaping and he said, hey, Paul, we need pine straw put in by Tuesday uh, before we're doing like our um, walkthrough with the corporate people uh, to kind of finalize the that that our restaurant can open. Basically, we got a checklist. We got to get the, uh, they have this huge checklist and everything's got to be approved in order, like the final stage so we can go ahead and open on our uh, target date. So we really want everything looking fresh and, and popping nice so we can impress the people from corporate that's coming up. Is this something that you think you can take care of by Tuesday? And so I immediately say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, I don't ask any questions about how I get paid, when I get paid. I don't, I just, I just say yes, as I did my first year, which in many ways is, uh, is, um, that's another podcast for another day, Marty. Okay. <laughs> Cause that's dangerous. So anyway, it's in one hour to get to Carabas. I drive all the way out there. I measure the best that I could. I was still a rookie of how many bales of pine straw this job would actually take. And I actually did a good job. I, I, had just enough uh, when I ended up ordering it. And as I did in my early days, I underpriced the job. So I, I called him back, say, hey, Jamie, uh, the price is going to be $1,200 for the pine straw. Now I should have charged a lot more than that, but uh, nevertheless, that's not the point of today's emphasis of this commercial story of doing commercial work. But he's like, absolutely. As long as you can promise me, Paul, uh, it's done by Tuesday. You got yourself a deal. So I was like, okay. So I was busy working uh, the rest. I think this is on like a Wednesday. I had to do some work on Thursday, Friday. So I, I planned Saturday to get this job done. And uh, I, I asked two of my friends, I, I was I was making it more dramatic than it needed to be. But I'm like, I have the biggest job of my career. And, you know, for, you know well, actually, it's my second job over a thousand dollars. But um, I thought it was it just seemed like such a big job. And uh, so I get two of my buddies to help me. We go out there on a freezing Saturday morning in January. I mean, it was so cold. It was like like 30 something in the morning, your fingers are shivering. And, you know, it ended up going to like 60 degrees, Marty, by, you know, lunchtime is a nice day for January. But nevertheless, we put all the pine straw out and it looks so good. I, I actually knew how to do pine straw. My buddy taught me. And so I took the shovel and made the edge perfect and then, you know, fluffed it up with the blower at the end. And it was, it just looked just beautiful. And of course, Jamie was uh, the, the owner of the proprietor and uh, of the Carabas, he was just thrilled because he was there that day and like, you guys did such a good job. And I'm thinking I'm about to get a $1,200 check because, you know, that would have covered my rent payment and things were tight. When I say I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul, like I'm juggling bills left and right back my first year in business. I was just overwhelmed financially. And so I'm all done and I'm just thinking, all right, well, you know, he's going to go in and cut the check. Come on out. And I need that money. So I was like, you know, we're done. And I'm kind of like hitting that pay me. You know, I'm like, he's like, all right, well, have a good day, man. And, and then finally I just kind of bluntly asked, I was like, are you, you know, you going to uh, pay me? And, uh, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, Paul has got the invoice and, uh, he was like, we send that out at the end of the month to, to OSI corporate. And then, you know, they'll cut the check from there and, and just, uh, you know, um, he's like, oh, by the way, I need you to sign this W9. I'm like W9 or whatever the thing was. So I go inside not to get a check, but to sign some form. And then, so this is, I'm going somewhere with this story, Marty. So I signed the form and then basically the lady's like, yeah. And then explains to me that it's going to be a while till I get paid. And so I was so mad. I was like devastated. This was, 
at that point, it was the second biggest job of my landscaping career. And at that point in my life, $1,200, it was just astronomical. It was, it was a big amount of money. And here I am, gotten to wait, got to wait on my check. So she's like, we'll send the invoice to them at the end of the month. From there, it's net 30 days. And so after another month, they'll cut you a check from there at seven to 10 business days till you get paid. I mean, I'm like sweating and like my heart's like racing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I just spent money buying all the pine straw and I spent money paying my two friends uh, to help me lay it all day. And, and I underpriced the job. So it was like, I'm already, I'm embarrassed to even say how much I spent, but there was very, 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 very little profit uh, at the end of the day. So it was more like reimbursing me for my, my money. I needed that $1,200 check. So end of the month goes by. I'm assuming they sent out the invoice. I wait another month and then I wait the seven to 10 days. And then I start looking into my mailbox like every day, like, you know, the check should be here by now. Still doesn't come. And I checked the next day, still didn't come. I was surely it's got to come tomorrow. And this happened for probably two more weeks. And finally I called him and I was like, Hey, I never got that check. And you know, the, the proprietor's like, Oh, Hey man, he's, you know, he's like, I'm, I have nothing to do with it. You know, you got to talk to the, the manager of the store who runs that. So then I call her and she's like, well, you know, we have nothing to do with it. You got to call uh, out back and figure out what's going on. But you know, he should have arrived by now. So everyone's like, playing it off. Like it's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. So then I call out back and these people have no idea who I am and they're looking in the system and then they're telling me, yeah, yeah, we sent the check out. When, when I say checks in the mail guys, like this was my first, you know, this was a $1,200 check that was supposedly in the mail and it never showed up. And so apparently what happened, I had just moved into my apartment when I filled out the W-9 and the, there's a funky thing with the address because that was my first time having like a community mailbox and your mailbox address is different from your actual physical address, which is different from the leasing office. I mean, it was a mess. And so I had put my accurate address on the W9 of like where I live, but it wasn't the accurate mailing address. So that was what the problem was. So they actually did send out the check to where I lived and I never got it. So they're like, we need to cancel that one, reissue another one. So then I keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And so anyway, finally that check, uh, you know, showed up in late spring for a job that I did in January. And I was like, Oh man, this, this commercial stuff, I, I don't know about all this, especially when you're, you know, struggling financially. It's like, that was my first experience with a commercial job. So I talked to my buddy who was uh, mentoring me at the time and I told him the whole story and he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know if, if, you know, commercial works where you should go, Paul. He's like, I'd stick in that fancy neighborhood you work in and uh, put your nose down and just work in there, man. Cause you're getting paid immediately, essentially uh, with your customers. And he's like, let me tell you a little story about uh, how much I despise commercial work. This is the green industry podcast. Connect with us at greenindustrypodcast.com. Here at the Green Industry Podcast, we identify and share the best opportunities to help lawn care and landscape professionals maximize their business results, and RapMate is no exception to that mission. They're a nationwide platform that helps lawn care companies get wraps and graphics on their work vehicles. They've got a world-class design team and a network of top-certified local pros who install vehicle wraps no matter where you live. If you've been thinking about wrapping your company vehicles or even just getting a couple of logos for your work truck, visit RapMate.com slash green industry. That's wrapmate.com slash green industry. And they will streamline the process for you from start to finish. And the link is in today's show notes. 
TheHardscapeAcademy.com is the place to learn how to become a professional hardscaper. It has courses there, a retaining wall installation course and a paver installation course, teaching you how to build a complete project that can take your company to another level that is profitable and worthwhile. Echo Outdoor Power Equipment presents a lesson in power. The winds of a Cat 5 hurricane reach 157 miles per hour. An Echo Backpack Blower, 234 miles per hour. So, yeah, it'll clear a path. Power on and on. Echo. Man, that Echo commercial gives me pumped up, Marty. And uh, guys, I fully endorse, support, and uh, encourage you to get a PB8010 blower. It's what I personally bought last fall season before we started tackling the Leafs, and uh, it definitely got the job done. So uh, check out Echo's PB8010 blower if you're looking for a blower to crush it this Leaf season. And uh, thanks again to Rapmate and the Hardscape Academy for sponsoring today's show. So just to uh, re real quick recap. I had a frustrating experience with my first commercial job. I'm complaining to my mentor how bad the experience was. And then, you know, I thought he would kind of comfort me or do something. And he tells me another story of when he did some commercial work, how he had a negative experience. And uh, this one was with Boston Market. They are a restaurant uh, throughout Atlanta. It's kind of like a Wendy's or Chick-fil-A type structure, you know, on the corner. And, uh, but it has grass that needs cut and leaves that need blown and, uh, flowers that need installed and, and furt and squirt and all that. So it's a, a, a package deal where he got all the Boston markets in, you know, the Southeast Georgia area, Atlanta area, uh, just all around. There's a ton of them and he did all of them. The, the kind of package was you, you got to do all of them. And so he puts in a quote, that's a lot of money, uh, you know, obviously six figure type contract. And then when you break it down uh, per month, they would pay him one amount per month for all of the um, properties is how I think that, you know, the deal ended up working. And so he would do this year after year. And it was a really, you know, important uh, part of his business. If his business was like a pie chart, the Boston market route was a big piece of his revenue. He's got a, you know, big company, but nevertheless, it was a lot of money that uh, he was making from Boston market doing all their properties. Well, long story short, they come to him and uh, they said, hey man, and, and you're doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. And we really want to honor you and, and keep you coming along. But uh, we got a new quote for this upcoming year. And, um, but anyway, we'll, we'll, if you can match it, we'll keep you. And uh, the, the quote was so much under what he was doing it as. So he had to take this gigantic pay cut. And so anyway, him and his wife talked about it and he thought through it. And, and eventually he's like, all right, kind of reluctantly, like you guys hear me say all the time, you want to raise your rates. You want to be more, making more money next year than you did this year. And then more money the year after that. We want to be increasing our profits, increasing our revenue. And well, mainly increasing our profits. You don't necessarily have to increase your revenue, but long story short, he was taking a setback in his profits by accepting this bid, but it was such a big part of his business. So he, he accepts it and does another year. Then the next year comes along and they got some newbie in the you know financial department and contacts them and say, hey man, uh, and gives them the same story. But this time the new bid from the, the low ballers or whatever you want to call them, the, the low bid 
came in, he just like, I, I can't do it. He's like, I, I, I cannot do it. And, uh, you know, talked to his wife, thought through it, prayed about it. And then finally had, he had to tell him no. And he was just so frustrated and, and devastated that for five years, he serves all these properties with excellence. I mean, this guy, when, when you say perfectionist, I think of this man, he just, he does quality work from the flowers to the fur and square to the mow. I mean, just, he's, he's a perfectionist. It, it is what it is. So he, he did a great job yet they kept going, they kept lowering the price and it got to the point where he kind of reluctantly did it the one year. And then the next year he just, he just said, I, I can't uh, accept that price. And he had to move on and, and restructure his business. So he tells me this story to say, Paul, there is very low uh, loyalty. Now, not every company is, is run like that, but he's like, it's, it's very low loyalty. And he's like, you're already in this really nice neighborhood. And if for the most part, there's always a bad apple here or there, but for the most part, if you have a homeowner that lives in a million dollar home and you crush it, you make their uh, property look really nice and you're professional, you do a good job, you're reliable, you're dependable. He said, you're going to be able to increase your price and you're, you know, you're going to be in good shape. And so he kind of warned me right out of the gate to, to stay away from the commercial. And I already had this negative experience. And so I get asked all the time, guys, why don't I do commercial work, especially living in Atlanta? Cause there's a lot of money to be made. And it was like a one, two punch. I got, you know, knocked down by outdoor steakhouse, out, <laughs> outback steakhouse, Marty. I keep thinking outdoors cause we are the great industry podcast, but I got that negative experience. And then he kind of, um, throws another one at me with his Boston market experience. And so there was some commercial jobs that I did take on after that, but it, and I, and I knew going into them, I'm not going to get paid for probably, you know, a couple months. And that, uh, in some of the cases was the case. And then eventually I just kind of came to the conclusion for my business, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to stay in this really nice neighborhood. There's a ridiculous amount of money that these rich people spend on their landscape enhancements on their property. I'm just going to stay inside the gates of this neighborhood. And uh, that's why I went all in on residential. So here's three warnings for you. If you are considering commercial work, and I'm not saying don't do it, but number one, you need to be warned. I'm warning you as loud as I can. I'm being I'm being kind today, am I, Marty? <laughs> but I want to I want to blow the trumpet with this warning that you will more than likely get paid a lot longer, you know, a lot later out than you think you're going to get paid. I'm the champion of card on file, charge your customers card, prepay, or if you're doing a big project, you know, get the deposit. Guys, these companies have red tape, and you can't just muscle your way through a lot of these commercial jobs and say this is our billing you know, this is how we do our billing. They'll just, you know, they do tens of millions of dollars in revenue and they'll say, listen here, Chuck, we'll pay you when we want to pay you. I mean, you know, they'll be professional about it, but it's very, very hard, no matter how big you pump your chest out there and pull your shoulders back and you got all the confidence in the world. For most cases, it just ain't going to work. You just can't get there. They're not going to give you their credit card and put it on file and let you, let you prepay. Like my customers do in the residential neighborhood, I can demand that I can in, 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 a, in the very professional way, I can show them that this is my company's policy and the homeowner is going to submit to that, especially if you make the presentation in a way that's trustworthy, but the commercial guys, they don't do that. They got their policies and they're going to do it their way or the highway. And so you need to take that into account. Okay. 
I'm willing to wait 60 days and you financially can afford to wait 60 days, then you can proceed forward. But just know uh, you're not, you're not going to watch some Keith Kalfas video and put on your Superman cape and go into this billion dollar company and, and, and expect that they're going to prepay you. I mean, try it if you want, but you'll see it's a whole nother, there's a lot of red tape. Exactly. Marty, a lot of red tape with these big companies. So that's the number one warning. The payment structure is not as favorable as it is with residential. Number two, and this, this really made me mad. Okay. It's the point of contact is usually not familiar with the property. So here I am on the phone with a lady who's in Orlando. The number was an Orlando, Florida number. I believe when I called outdoors out, oh my gosh, Marty Outback Steakhouse. Why do I keep saying outdoor steakhouse Outback Steakhouse? It was some number in Florida. And I'm talking to some lady who admittedly told me she was new. And here we are talking about a property that's in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And when I'm on the property in Atlanta, because I did future jobs for them, I put flowers in and, and did some cleanups. And I ended up doing more work for that Carabas, knowing that I wasn't going to get paid for a long time. But I didn't like showing up on the property and Jamie, the proprietor, giving me instructions. Hey, we need this many flats of flowers or whatever the assignment was. So I'm sitting here talking to you about the work, but then I'm talking to somebody in another state in an air conditioned office that has no idea what the property looks like, no idea what I look like, and I'm never even going to meet this person. And that's the person, that's the point of contact I have dealing with the finances. I don't like that. That's not how I like to do business. I like to talk, look my customer, Randy, he comes home from work. He's walking out to the mailbox. I'm getting done with his yard. He's man, Paul, yard looks great. You know, we're having a cookout this weekend. I'm so proud of my property. Keep up the good work. You know, and he hands me 40 bucks and says, go get dinner. <laughs> I love, I used, I love it, man. It used to be a $20 bill, Barty. When I kind of was getting started, he'd always, he'd always hand, hand, do the $20 handshake. Hey, keep up the good work. Go grab yourself some dinner. And then all of a sudden it started throwing another 20 in there. Maybe he's trying to tell me to get a girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, and I would go, man. Ironically, Carabas is right. It's kind of funny. It's kind of full circle. Carabas is right outside that neighborhood. So I would order, you know, the biggest steak and I'd, I'd blow that 40 bucks on dinner pretty much every time he gave me 40 bucks for dinner, which is frequently, thankfully. But uh, that's the kind of customer I like. Guys, you're on the property and you, the, the homeowner you, I'm dealing with, that's the person who's paying me. That's the person, it's the same person that we're talking about. Hey, next time you're here, can you pick up those sticks that fell down in the storm? Or, hey, Paul, next time you're here, can you check the sprinkler on the corner? I think it something ain't right with it. You know what I mean? And that's the guy that's paying me. I got their card on file. That's how I like to do business. I don't like to be talking to somebody in a whole nother state about a property that they're not familiar with. And then all of this miscommunication, it can all, it can be avoided by not doing commercial work. And so if you are going to do commercial work, here's my second warning. Just know that depending on the actual property, and there's so many variables depending on what the property is, but there's a good chance that the person who's giving you the instructions of the actual labor involved and in, in the, the um, scope of work is not going to be the same person that deals with the money. And you need to uh, just come to the realization or the um, comfortability that that could be the, the case. And I don't like that. And so last but not least, and this is just three warnings for the sake of the title of the podcast. There's more of them, but the last thing is the lack of loyalty. I grew up, my father trained me up in faithfulness 
and loyalty. I would always get mad when we'd have, you know, a, a football player, baseball player, basketball player would come to Cleveland. I, was, I grew up in Ohio and then they'd get good in Cleveland, Manny Ramirez, and then they'd take off the Boston or Jim Tomey, take off the Philadelphia or this guy named LeBron James, take off the South Beach. Then he comes back, he takes <laughs> off for Los Angeles, Marty. It would drive me crazy. It was like, there's no faithfulness, okay? And in business, if I'm going to show up on your property, I'm going to sweat my rear end off in June and July and August in, in Georgia. I live in Atlanta now. I'm going to pour, literally pour, my sweat's going to drip onto the soil of your property. And I'm a perfectionist too. I'm going to do a great job. The quality of my work is going to be there. I'm going to be dependable. I'm going to be reliable. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do with integrity. And you're going to be proud the way your landscaping looks when I do your job. Okay. I'm going to be loyal to you. I expect in return that the customers are going to be faithful to me and that the next year when I send out my rate increase letter, they're going to, they're going to say that's very reasonable, Paul. Of course, you know, you were charging us $325 last year. You want to charge us $342 this year? Of course. Absolutely. Keep up the good work. I like the customers to send me, not that they have to send me a Christmas gift, but I get Thanksgiving gifts. I get in my birthdays around Thanksgiving, but I get Christmas gifts. I get faithfulness, loyalty, appreciation with commercial work. Forget about it. Five years, you work for the same company. And then they tell my friend, oh, we got to lower the, you know, we'll keep you, but you got to go to this price. And then the, the race to the bottom, no loyalty, whoever, whatever company can do the cheapest job, that's who gets the bid. That's, that's not for me. That's that, that kind of loyalty makes me mad, Marty. And so anyway, that's my three warnings. Commercial work, is there millions of dollars in, the, in my backyard here in the Atlanta market being spent on commercial work? Absolutely. Are, are those companies that are doing the work foolish? No, they, they understand because I see their trucks. I see their enclosed trailers. I see their box. Trailer. I know what companies are doing the work. They have their business plan that they know the pricing. They know what they're getting into and they're, they're willing to play that game. And it is a revolving door. So many times I'll see one company there one year and then the next year they're not there. And I know exactly what happened. They lost the bidding war, but I don't even want to get in. I don't even want to put my self out there to get, I don't know if stabbed in the back is the right word, but it, it just, it is what it is. There's not that much loyalty in that world. And that's not the values that I grew up with. And so anyway, that's the, the summary is they pay slow. In most cases, your point of contact is going to be somebody that's disconnected to the property a lot of the times. And you're going to be talking to two different people or more compared to, I just like to talk to the homeowner directly. And then number three, a lot of times there is no loyalty. So that's three of my warnings with commercial work. And of course, the disclaimers out there, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying, make sure you consider the pros and cons as you create the blueprint and the strategy, the roadmap for your business and the success that you want to experience and, and you know how you're going to get there. So hope that's been helpful, friends, and uh, somewhat entertaining. I got so many stories. Someone asked me, they're like, how do you do a podcast every day? I was like, you be in business for 10 years. You'll have more stories than days to tell them, man. I, I got plenty of stories. So I can uh, definitely keep you entertained and I hope it's informative as well. I always try 
try to draw a takeaway from uh, these mistakes that I've made in business. So thanks again to today's show sponsor, the Hardscape Academy. They got some free resources over there that can get you started in hardscaping as well as their comprehensive guide e-training on the retaining walls and the stone patio pavers. Thanks to Ratmate. Marty will put their link in today's show notes by going there. They'll send you a free estimate very quickly to wrap your vehicle in your neck of the woods. Just give them your information and they'll give you the price of what it will take to get that done. And again, thanks to our friends up there in Lake Zurich, Illinois from Echo for sponsoring today's show. Guys, I love the PB8010 blower. If you're wanting to crush leaf season, pick up a PB8010 blower. And last but not least, guys, this rate increase letter has been very successful for me and my business, and it's blessing me to get all these DMs, the emails, the messages that, hey, Paul, I got the rate increase letter. I put my information on, I send it out, and it's been working. The customer said yes. And so it just takes one email and you increase your profits because you get that pricing uh, bumped up and you begin training your customers that at my company, we take a slight rate increase every year or multiple times a year for some people and uh, just training the customer just like that junior bacon cheeseburger at Wendy's is constantly on the rise, man. It ain't 99 cents no more, Marty. And uh, Chick-fil-A be doing that too, man. I, I don't go there that often. The line's always too long, but every time I go in there, you know, it used to be six bucks. I get out of there, seven bucks, eight bucks, nine bucks. Once it hits that 10 bucks, like what? $10 and 86 cents. What in the world did I order? And you realize you order what you always been ordering. They just raise those prices. Well, guys, as business owners, we need to be raising our prices. We made it really easy for you with our rate increase letter. It's a plug and play. You put your information on the template and you email it out. Make sure you fill it out. Some guy's like, I forgot to change something. So it said, insert here. And he, did. <laughs> he emailed us. Thankfully, he caught himself. But uh, just make sure you don't leave insert her here. Put your information in, then email it out. And uh, I hope you can enjoy the new rate and it'll be more profitable for your business. So we are going to hear a quick word from Jason, who did just that. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, guys. Thanks for listening to the Green Industry Podcast. Hey guys, Paul with a cool story from Jason in Boney Lake, Washington, as he recently purchased my rate increase letter. And here's the story he shares. I had uh, one yard, I was charging $35 to, uh, per cut and it was taking me an hour every single time I was uh, working on the yard. I uh, increased the rates uh, to $50 uh, per cut and she canceled on me initially. Called me back after a week to let me know that she's okay with the new rate and that she she wanted me to keep, keep taking care of her yard. Well, Jason, thanks for sharing your testimony. And guys, if you want to raise the rates on your customers, you should check out my rate increase letter. It's a plug and play. Put your information in, email it to your customers, let them know you're raising your rates and why it's been very successful in my business for Jason up there in Washington and many others who have been using it. So check today's show notes. Marty will put the link there, get that rate increase letter and raise those rates. Uh, using that rate increase letter, I was fantastic uh, decision for my business.